We are the Ballmasters. Your sports news podcast on Unbenched. Breaking the glass ceiling through sports. Hi friends, it's just me and Karina today because Mick is being a very studious student and is writing an exam. We love you, Mick. It's a 40% midterm and it makes absolutely no sense. So everyone send her good vibes. Yes, that's going to be me tomorrow. So at least she's getting out of the way now. <laughs> It was me yesterday. So yeah, look, look, at, look at us. See, we are we are full-time students. We do actually like do the whole school thing that we're paying for. Um, barely. <laughs> we're barely getting by I want to talk about it. Um, speaking of school thing, me and Karina are actually on the same couch because we have an in-person class after this. So this is like a whole new era of ball busters. Welcome to the rebirth. It's March 1st. Happy Women's History Month. Um, go buy a woman in sports coffee because I told you to. Alex, I'm talking to you. Um, <laughs> Kaylin, I'm talking to you. Um, but yeah, we're going to... We have a quick Raptors update and then football is boring um, and I don't want to talk about the NHL because sometimes they piss me off and also that's Mick's job and she's not here. So then we're going to talk about women's sports because this is my podcast and I can do what I want. Anyways, I will rotate the mic ever so slightly to the right to Karina for our Raptors update. To the left, but it's okay. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Thank you for... You could have just not said anything. <laughs> it was too funny for me not to. Um, but yeah, a little bit of Raptors update. When I was first writing the notes for this pod, I was a little bit upset because the Raptors had just lost by like over 20 points on a back-to-back on Friday and Saturday, once against the Hornets and another against the Hawks. Um, but they came back from that pretty nicely last night against the Nets they won by I don't know like 30 points or something like that um even though the Nets don't have anybody right now it's still it's a moral victory or whatever you want to call it um the Raptors even though they did win by 30 last night and they play against the Nets again tonight when we're recording on about another back-to-back I just still see some problems like at least in this last game you know Malachi Flynn got the start because Fred Fred was out um and he's he's like he's showing you some things like he was benched for a lot of the season and i was kind of upset with nick nurse about that because malachi has shown like really impressive flashes and i think that even though you know people like to compare malachi to fred van vliet i think they are a little bit different i think fred's not as built for running the point as people want him to be now that Kyle Lowry's gone. And I think Malachi is a little bit better suited for that. So if you were to run Malachi at the point with Fred on the floor at the same time as a shooting guard, because that's essentially what he's best at, I feel like that could be a good recipe. And then you wouldn't have to run your players into the ground because now we're seeing the consequences of that. Like Fred's out with knee soreness or whatever it is. Pascal played through flu symptoms last week, which I thought in this day and age... Maybe we shouldn't be doing that. Like, I feel like their argument is like everyone has had COVID, so it's fine. And <laughs> it's I, the same argument the Leafs are using. Like they've all had it. Like they're fine. And that's like I feel like it's so wacky because we've forgotten what sicknesses were like before COVID. Like if a player was sick, you wouldn't play them. It doesn't matter that it's not COVID. Um, 
I don't, I don't know. That's just me. That's just me. But that's just me. <laughs> I wouldn't have done that. And and I think like that actually lead that actually led to a conversation that I did want to have, kind of on the bigger scope of things with NBA players and kind of load managing them, because he's playing through flu symptoms. But I feel like if he were to sit out for the night, like people would be labeling him as soft or you know weak or whatever it is. And I find that to be a big problem in the NBA. And I want to talk about Anthony Davis too because he's a guy who gets injured very easily. Like he falls a lot and then he'll go out for the rest of the game with like a sore ankle, a sore knee, a wrist, whatever it is. And people have gotten really frustrated with him because they're like, oh my God, is he made of glass? But then I'm thinking, yes, <laughs> but then I'm thinking it's like, imagine if you, a regular human being, like you go for one run at the gym and you're like out for three days. Like I get like Karina's these- coming after everyone on Twitter right now. <laughs> I'm feeling violent. Yes. I love it. <laughs> I mean, I like it, Picasso. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the second time this week we've wrapped this up. Me and Karina sat next to each other for our first in-person class yesterday, and um, that's dangerous. <laughs> that, was, that was a dangerous combination um, because I realized that there is one person on planet Earth who is more judgmental than me. <laughs> I have a podcast with her. Anyways, continue. I know I'm not as quiet as I see. <laughs> um, when everyone thinks Green is like short and quiet and cute and she's actually five foot eight and violent. <laughs> That's going to be my new Twitter bio. Good. <laughs> 5.8, 5. 5.8, 5. 5. 5. 8, uh, <laughs> But yeah, I just, I wanted to get your thoughts on this too, because I feel like with so many injuries that are happening, I don't see what's the big deal about sitting a player out for a night if he needs to rest. Like, I don't understand this like mentality around you're soft if you try to preserve your body. Yeah. I mean, like I said it, especially this year with the NFL going to 17 games and not like extending the window in which they played. And the NFL is different because it is only 17 games. But in that, you still have got like a big concern going forward with the expanded schedule was like, what about injury? Mm-hmm. And then the NFL, like guys are playing through a crap ton of stuff because with such a short season, everything matters. The NBA, I feel like it's not to the same extent as the MLB, where it's like you have over 100 games and like we'll get into that later. Um, but there's 82 but games. There's 82 games. Yeah. Like you're not going to. For the most part, you're not going to make or miss the playoffs based on playing one guy one night. And to the fans who are like, oh, he's soft, he's this, he's that. Think about it. What would you rather? You'd rather him sit out one night or would you rather him retire three years earlier because his body has been hit by a train from like trying to play through everything. So short-term loss, long-term gain. I know I'm talking to a lot of like Twitter men who have a lot of digits in their Twitter handles and that's not typically a concept you understand, but work with me here. Um, so that's where I stand on on that front. It's like, if they need it, like, and also just, can we stop like, this? we're gonna bring this to a whole other conversation. Needing time off and like needing to take a step back doesn't make you soft, it makes you human. Yep. You're right. Um, Sorry. <laughs> no, no, go off. Um, no, but like Kawhi Leonard is one of the best examples of this because when he was with the Raptors that one season. Load management. Literally. Like you would think he would have invented that word. Uh, he pl- he didn't play for a lot of games and the Raptors record without him was still above 500. 
they won a goddamn championship. Exactly. And do we win it if we don't load manage Kawhi? No. <laughs> exactly. Um, Again, short-term loss, long-term game. Come on. Come on. Keep up. Exactly. Like, if your team collapses because one of your best players has to sit out for a night, then your team isn't good enough to do anything. And I think that's what people are missing here. The Raptors aren't... They aren't there yet. They aren't back to that like championship caliber team. So we really don't need to be playing everybody 40 minutes every single game because this is what's going to happen now. And um, I don't know. To me, it's just we need to kind of reevaluate our priorities here. And if this is supposed to be a development year, then why aren't we developing our other guys on the team? Like, I feel like this is the that has been me to the Montreal Canadiens ever since I could formulate a coherent thought. But anyways, go on. <laughs> yeah, like for why for why why is it that oh, why <laughs> why is it that these last three games was the most i've seen yuda on the floor since like two months ago? since what the game we went to yeah literally in <laughs> november like it like it's ridiculous to me and you know whatever i hope the raptors figure it out but they're kind of on a skid right now even with that 30 point win yesterday you could still see a lot of the problems there the only reason we won by that much is because the nets absolutely suck without their like main three guys but goron Oh, yeah. Of but go on! <laughs> I was hoping we can make it through this without talking about Absolutely not. <laughs> I saw a picture of him in those ugly-ass Nets jerseys. I was like, I am absolutely asking Karina about this on the podcast. So, yes, go on! <laughs> okay, I think we should stop talking about him. And, I'll, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finally put, it, put this to rest because I'm actually so tired of the Drogish discourse. Yes, he was involved in the trade with Kyle Lowry. Yes, he ended up in a Raptors jersey. I've never liked him, like, for years. But when he's in a Raptors jersey, like, what are you going to do about it? Like, there's nothing you can. And so Raptors fans were mad when he came, understandably so. And then he played, I don't even know, like, three games or something like that. And then he was out for personal reasons, according to him. And then Raptors fans got mad. And I don't understand that because A, he wasn't really making an impact on our team anyway. So it didn't really matter if he was playing or not. B, you didn't want him here in the first place. So why are you suddenly upset that he's not playing? Like, I never understood that. Like, why are you letting him live in your head rent free? I don't understand. And now that at least make the man pay you. (laughs) Like now that he's gone the problem is solved like we have thad young now who's getting minutes as like as well like he's a veteran too and he's playing a lot more than goran did like i don't understand you need to let him go let it go <laughs> yeah that's kind of my thoughts on let that. it go <laughs> we're becoming un- <laughs> oh my god is that gonna be copyrighted i don't think so because i wasn't on pitch or key or tune or anything it was um less than 10 seconds too Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Um, okay, one more basketball question for you, and then we can wrap up, and you're definitely going to kill me being like, I don't want to talk about him. Oh, God. <laughs> Let's talk about Zion. Oh, yeah. What, I just, I want your, like, thoughts, feelings, opinions on, like, ever, because, like, I know how I feel about, like, the general Twitter discourse. Mm-hmm. Like, stop calling the man fat. Step one. Um, but from someone who actually has, like, half an intellect on this. Um <laughs> Yeah, there's uh there that actually like came out right before we did our pod episode last week, so I didn't get to talk about it last week, but the whole situation with CJ McCollum saying that ever since he arrived in the Pelicans, he hadn't spoken to Zion hadn't spoken to him at all. And then it kind of painted him in the light of 
he's Zion's supposed to be the leader of this team. Like, it's so rude that he's not reaching out, blah, blah, blah. He's not, you know, embracing the Pelicans or whatever it is. And Zion's been battling some major injuries since he came into the league. So he's barely seen the floor. And so the entire discourse around it is so bad. It's so, so bad. Like, like you said, first of all, the fat jokes are ridiculous. Um, and it's like not only Twitter. Like, I've seen actual like media and like shows like talk about it and discuss his weight and i feel like that's so out of line and really not up to us we're not even his like like what do you call those like fitness guys the trainers fitness trainer trainers yeah there we go there we go (laughs) like we're not them and we're not we're not supposed to be experts on what you know what his body's supposed to look like but that's it's his body just leave it alone um but on the other hand it's like Imagine being one of the most decorated rookies coming into the NBA. Like, he was being labeled, like, the next LeBron, the next this, the next that. And to suffer through all these injuries while having those expectations placed on his shoulders and he hasn't even been able to play, like, I can't even imagine what he's going through, like, throughout all of this. And I don't... CJ McCollum saying that he hadn't talked to him, it was funny after because after that whole thing came out, Zion was like posting team highlights to his Instagram stories. It's like, these are my guys. It was the like the level of petty that I aspire to be. Oh my god. It was so funny. Um, but I don't know, just like stuff like that. I don't really understand why CJ would come out and say that because even the Pelicans head coach was saying some of these things need to remain private because like you don't really have the full context like people love taking that one sentence oh, of course. and just like, like blowing it out of proportion what's going to get the most retweets what's going to get the most engagement like what's what's going to make you the most relevant and that was my biggest thing with it is I was like why are you saying this mm-hmm. like and especially because from an outside perspective like Zion never seemed like a guy that loved the spotlight in the way that like the Ball brothers, for example, like <laughs> are are a lot more accustomed to being like front and center. Zion always seemed like a little bit more low key despite the hype. So I'm like, why are you why are you starting beef with an unproblematic king who's being attacked in the media left, right, and center? Like why? Poor K. And even if like even if he should be reaching out to them or whatever the case may be, why is it our business? Like, it's literally not our business. Like, who cares? Like, this is just some, like... I found your nose. It was in my business. <laughs> we just need to clip all of these. Like, small. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, but yeah, like, I just don't think it's our... Like, personally, I don't care. Like, the Pelicans still have something good there. We're, we're still waiting for Zion to come back. When Zion comes back, they're going to be a really good team, maybe towards making the plan. Um but I just, I don't understand the discourse that came out of that. People just love blowing things out of proportion. They love to assume things for other people. And for some reason, we place athletes in a different category that, you know, we forget that they're actually humans and we don't place ourselves like in their shoes. Like, how would I feel if this was happening to me? Um, yeah. And that's kind of the, my main takeaway from it. Thank you. Um, this is really just me interviewing Karina about basketball because the NFL was, again, undramatic this week and nothing happened. I'm just waiting for one of these quarterbacks to switch teams and then I'm 
it's I, I will become unhinged. Hey, I got a football question. Ooh. Um, I noticed there was some chatter around Russell Wilson changing his uh, Twitter bio. He took the the Seahawks out of his bio. <laughs> yeah, so that was really funny because uh, Kyler Murray did the same thing like two weeks ago, three weeks ago now. Kyler Murray scrubbed every single tie to the Arizona Cardinals away from social media. Like if you looked at this guy's Instagram, you'd be like, and you play for. So that got all of you know the twitter fingers tweeting um and then there was this whole rhetoric of like is he a team guy is he the guy of the future does he want to be there blah 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 blah. and then like the coach put out a statement was like kyler's 100 our guy the gm the the owner they were all saying like he's our guy he's our guy he's our guy yesterday or the day before <laughs> this man released a novel so if any of you have read kyler murray's statement letter uh fanfic whatever it's called uh that he put out let me know because uh that thing's too long and i don't have time nor do i care um i'm not gonna read all that but i'm sorry or i'm happy for you let me know um so that and like his whole thing was like i want to be here i want to win here i want to be here long term but the caveat from what i've understood was as long as I get paid. And um, Baby Yoda has yet to be paid. So the Cardinals are in a situation with him where they can either uh, action the option on his deal or they can give him a new deal. Um, so they have a couple different ways they can go. And they're not one of the teams that are super, super like salary crunched. Like we're seeing a lot of teams have to like play cap gymnastics and void years and do all this a whole bunch of number stuff that uh i'm too stupid to understand but arizona's not one of them seattle however this one is like particularly interesting because there's been rumors about the relationship between wilson and the team being off for a while now um and it depends on who you talk to some people are like no russ is gonna stay he should stay i'm of the mind that that team kind of needs to like scrub itself clean and start over uh there's no one left from the legion of boom which was their defense when they won the super bowl all those guys i don't think any of those guys are actively on an nfl roster right now the offense russell wilson is really all that's left and pete carroll's there and it's it just hasn't been good enough and usually the joke had been the seahawks are amazing through the first eight games and then the back half of the season they look like they should be in the cfl this year they looked like a cfl team from day one so that his move to do that I would lend a little bit more credence to than Kyler Murray's move to scrub his social media accounts of team affiliations because it has been kind of like whispered about for a little while now that that relationship could be on its way out. And I just think honestly, from my outside opinion, it would be most beneficial to both sides to move on. Let Wilson go somewhere where he can finish his career, where he maybe has a chance to win because Seattle is not in a win now mode. And Wilson is at that age where if he wants to win, it kind of needs to be now. So I could see Russell Wilson getting on a plane and going to Pittsburgh, but that's just me. (laughs) Um, I was talking about this with Kalen the other day. I think Pittsburgh is a really interesting quarterback situation because Big Ben retired. 
So currently, their options are some guy who goes like duck hunting and Mason Rudolph. And Mason Rudolph once had his head conked in by a helmet by Miles Garrett. Uh, please go watch that YouTube video if you haven't seen it. It's really funny, other than the whole like CT and head trauma. And the reason I know him is because he was in the celebrity game at all of NBA. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, so he uh, he took off he took off Mason Rudolph's helmet and then hit him over the head with it. Um, yeah, that was that was like not a cute moment. Um, and Pittsburgh hasn't really said anything and it's not like they can turn around and go draft a quarterback because there are no quarterbacks in this draft that are NFL ready. So I think the best option for Pittsburgh, who has a defense that can win now, is go out, get a quarterback who you know is competent, who you know is good, who will be able to develop Mason Rudolph, stick him under center for however long he has left in his career, and then hopefully you have like a well-marinated baby Rudolph ready to fly the sleigh or whatever the fuck you want to call it um, by the time Wilson retires. So that's that one. The NFL quarterback market is really interesting this offseason. Um, the joke on Twitter was people saw the list of draft eligible QBs and are now trying to convince themselves that Mitch Trubisky is an NFL starting caliber quarterback. I have a spoiler alert for you. He's not. He never was. Don't think he ever will be. But it's looking like he could end up starting for the Washington Commanders, which still feels really weird to say. I love how I said there's no football and now I'm just like going to ramble on about quarterbacks for a while. I know. I just I love the quarterbacks. Um, Yeah. Washington needs to figure out a QB situation there because they had Dwayne Haskins and then Dwayne Haskins was Johnny Menzel 2.0, but less talented. And then they went through like Heineke and Fitzpatrick and they had uh, Alex Smith for a little bit and it was none of it worked. So they're in need of someone. And the reports are that they've called Buffalo about Mitch Trubisky. And I'm like, why? Why? Why do you hate yourself? Um, Aaron Rodgers likes to make everything about him. (laughs) Still don't know where he's going to go. I I don't know. Green Bay is is in the most cap trouble and they were doing some some pretty insane financial flips the other day uh to try and get enough money to be able to sign Aaron Rodgers my problem with that is if you have enough money to sign him you're not going to have enough money to sign Devontae Adams and I don't see Aaron Rodgers staying in Green Bay without Devontae Adams, his best friend, a.k.a. the best wide receiver in the league, a.k.a. a wide receiver who, if he hits the open market, will probably cost a team between 25 and 30 million dollars. And I I don't I don't see it being any lower than that, just based on comparables. So I don't know what Green Bay is going to do, but it's fine because I kind of like watching them lose. It's it's fun. Rogers. I used to really like him and I used to want to cheer for him, but now he's a prick. Um and I saw too much of his toes. I was going to say, the second I saw his foot on my Twitter feed... I'm yeah, I was like, no, 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 that's enough of that. So that's a really interesting one. I don't see... I don't really know where else Rogers could go. Indianapolis is a destination being thrown around because... As I predicted... Oh, it's so hard being right all the time. Carson Wentz is a bust. Carson Wentz is not an NFL starting quarterback. There, I said it. So sorry if I hurt your feelings, Carson Wentz's mom. But... And we saw it like he literally he was the only reason they did not make the playoffs. Do you know how ridiculous that is that as an NFL team, your starting quarterback is the reason you don't make the playoffs? You had the league's leading rusher. You had one of the most 
horrifying defenses ever. Your offensive line was standing on their head to make sure that this guy didn't get broken in half and he still fucked it up. So Andy needs to, you know, put some competence under center ever since Andrew Luck left. I could see Rodgers going there for some swan song years in his career. Um, But yeah, that was my rant on quarterbacks. Whoopsies. (laughs) So what happens when you get me going on football? I'm like, I will talk forever. But yeah, um, I'm going to ask Karina a question again. Um, Talk to me about the WNBA. Oh, yeah. Okay, one second. I got to pull this up because... It's so funny because it just had to include my team. Of course. Am I the drama? (laughs) Okay. In... An article published by Sports Illustrated today by the wonderful Howard Megdal, whose work you should go check out. Um, Where do I even start? Anyway, the title is called How Airplanes Became the WNBA's Biggest Scandal. This has been bubbling up for years, years and years and years. And... It came out today, Howard reported that the New York Liberty, my team, they had a repeated chartering of flights. Um, their owners are the same people who own the Brooklyn Nets, so they own all the all the Brooklyn teams. And they are very, like, very much supporters of, of women in sports and the WNBA. And so they just want what's best for their team, and they had been chartering flights for them throughout the season last year and it included a a trip that they they all took to napa together to do some like team bonding stuff which i thought was fantastic because you kind of want chemistry on your team you want your teammates to be getting along together and essentially what happened is liberty got fined five hundred thousand dollars but it doesn't stop there because the original threat and yes i am calling it a threat because I was in shock reading this article today. They were almost fined a million dollars. <laughs> they were almost, uh, they almost got all their draft picks taken away from them. And they were threatened to uh, end their franchise. Huh? Yeah. You, you were gonna... Bibbidi-bobbidi back the fuck up. <laughs> you are gonna erase a franchise for wanting to fly its players not commercial the in the same league where players were stuck at airports for eight hours on end because of flight delay in the same league where you had to move games because flights were delayed huh invest in women's sports okay let me fly you on a chartered plane no not that way what are we doing why why i hate it here anyways proceed yeah and uh the worst part like the liberty are not the only team like there are a couple of teams the las vegas aces being one of them who have kind of been vocal in wanting to provide the best experience for their for their team, like for the players. And because of the CBA, like they're not allowed to actually charter flights. Like they have to fly commercial. Like that's the agreement that's in the CBA because some teams can't afford it. Um, and so they want it to be fair. Otherwise it's like not competitive, which however, I would like to mention those games in which the Liberty took chartered flights, they lost like almost all of them. So I assure you, it didn't. It has nothing them. to do. Yeah, it, it didn't affect them that way. Um, but 
my thing is the stuff that was coming up out that report there were a, a lot of owners in the WNBA that own teams that there was one person who said that they think that the WNBA team that they own holds zero value and that the only reason they like they own it is just like for the promotion of women's sports or like equity or whatever and I read that I was like I wonder which team owner this is like what on earth how can you say that like the amount of misogyny like that's come out of this so many of the owners in WNBA are so against the growth of this league and I don't understand why you're an owner of a team leave goodbye bye-bye bye believe in it like I don't understand that at all and the fact it's it's also messed up like there's so many places to pick this apart that I don't even know where to start it's like what loose thread do I want to pull today exactly like I I just I don't I don't get it and you know the problem is yeah the liberty whatever they broke the rules that are in place but if your argument is that they should have been fined more or something like that then you're thinking of the wrong thing because this is on the league like whatever you need to do you need to either change the way you're accepting owners like who's allowed to actually own a team you need to renegotiate the cba because it's it's ridiculous like and i've read that document like when i wrote an article about the flight situation last season so and it literally like one paragraph in the entire cba one paragraph not even it's like three sentences that says they can only fly commercial it's it's i oh it, it angers me to so many levels and it's like you have and they're oh the biggest thing oh my god i can't believe this slipped my mind for two seconds the biggest thing that came out of the article was the Liberty owners actually came up with a proposal to find a way to give chartered flights to every single team for the next three years. And they turned it down because they didn't want the players getting used to it. And what that tells me, that tells me that you're not willing to accept the fact that the league would grow and that why would you need to go back to commercial flights in three years time if you're actually investing in the league? Like, I don't understand that. That like, that's telling me that you don't think this league is going anywhere. And that's already actually or you're, harming its growth. Yeah. Or you're not willing to put in the work yeah. to get it to where it has the potential to go. Like the way it's grown over its existence already shows that this league has potential. But if you're not willing to, I don't know, put in half an ounce of work, then yeah, no shit, it's not going to grow. But that logic of like, well, we can't have this thing for three years because we don't think it's sustainable. You don't think in three years time you'd be able to pull together some form of plan that you wouldn't have to revert to like, like I get it. You don't want to fly players commercial for six weeks when you know or chartered for six weeks when you know you're gonna have to go back to commercial fine they're giving you three years to get your shit together to pull your heads out of your ass and to figure it out and you have no intention of doing like why 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 i feel like this also opens up the conversation like in terms of ownership of ownership of women's teams yeah because i feel like for so many people it's seen there's ulterior motives all over the place when it comes to, to like for some they're like oh let me buy this thing because it's like a funny joke let me buy it because like it looks good on like my my assets page let me buy it because um 
we want to be like really heinous and horrible and honest in the NWSL. Let me buy it because I'm a proven abuser and this will give me access to women that I can. Like, it's so messed up. And if you haven't like been paying attention, the NWSL team, the Washington Spirit, they just had a huge ownership scandal where uh, Michelle Yang wanted a controlling stake in the team when Steve Baldwin was selling. And she offered more than he was asking for to buy him out. And he still elected to sell it to a different guy. And then so Michelle took the team, like essentially not to court, but like presented it in front of like the council and like a whole bunch. Of, she was able to get her controlling stake. Like she is officially owning the team and we all love that. And yay, go. But the process by which she had to get there, there's so many ill-intentioned people in the world and there needs to be a better way to vet. Like, who are we letting into this realm? Because it takes work to grow women's sports like that. It's not going to grow itself. But when you let people in who are actively holding it back, that's completely messed up, especially when there are so many well-intentioned people that want to see it grow and want to see it get better and want to contribute to, you know, maybe there's going to be a generation one day that doesn't understand the concept of inequity in sport because it's not there. We're not going to get there if we're telling players eh, in three years, like we still don't think we'll be big enough for to fly you charter. So we're not going to give you the experience at all. Yeah, like 100 percent. And I just like you have like the Liberty owners, the Las Vegas owners. These are people with what, like good intentions who actually believe in the growth of women's leagues and women's sport. And many players have like spoken out about this. Like half of the Liberty team came out today and was like, boo, <laughs> like just booing the entire thing. Like, cause it's so ridiculous. And you know, Lexi Brown, who currently, she's been really like spoken out about the issues that the WNBA has because she's been a perfect example of how the league can screw players over um and she's like she's been fantastic in the the athletes unlimited league that they just started this year like it was their inaugural season that kind of allows players to play in the usa in like a different league so that they don't have to go overseas in the WNBA offseason and so she was given a chance there and she was like bawling out and she's been like she's hasn't been given a chance by a lot of WNBA teams like she's kind of been like bounced around like that and literally like six days ago this this jackass tweeted what is the biggest thing holding WNBA back because apparently we need to ask twitter people that um but she had replied to it and she said the WNBA because it's true the WNBA is holding the WNBA back like all of these problems land on the league and they are the ones who kind of need to take that step forward and be like okay we actually need to get our shit together. We actually need to fix this because it's our fault. It's not anybody else's fault. Like you have owners who like, honestly, like I would let like the Liberty owners just buy the entire league. That would be they so could. much better. Between the Liberty owner and then Mark Davis, who I know mm-hmm. he also owns uh, the Vegas Raiders. I love that man. Like what he stands for, incredible. The way he spoke about paying Becky Hammond, incredible. Like that is the attitude we need. And people like him show that it's there, but it's not everyone. And that's where the problem comes in. 100%. Um, this entire, like, I, like I was, every time I scrolled through this article, I was just getting more and more angry because it just seemed so ridiculous to me that you're punishing the team because they want what's best for their players and i think that's that's the biggest issue to me here is like how can you talk about it not being fair for the other teams when it's literally about their intention do you think they're not saying oh we want the other teams to suck 
and we want us to be like dominating because we're giving them better things. No, they just don't want their teams to be held up for 48 hours at the freaking airport and just make just barely making it in time for their game. Like it's ridiculous. They're professional athletes. And another point was a lot of these a lot of these WNBA players, they were in college before this and they were flying on chartered planes and they get to a league that they've wanted to be in all of their life or since the time they started playing basketball and it's a downgrade than what they were previously accustomed to. And that's the case across all women's sports, especially women's hockey in the States. Those girls get treated like royalty. Like um, Ailish Forfar went from playing at Dartmouth where they're flying chartered. They have free swag, free this, free that, to playing in the CWHL where she played for a season and then the league shut down because it went bankrupt. Like this this going back and forth between like the having and the having not is already happening. So like, okay, that takes that excuse away. Now what are you going to do? Exactly. But anyways, a final note, it was just announced that the MLB season will officially be delayed because they couldn't come to a deal because rich people have money and they don't want to give it to other rich people. I don't know. I don't care. I don't like baseball, but someone thought they made a really, really good point on Twitter the other day saying, well, if the MLB season is delayed, Sportsnet's screwed because what are they going to show? There's like so many hours. Allow me. Okay, what do we have behind door number one? (laughs) The WNBA. What do we have behind door number two? The NWSL. And what's behind door number three? A ledge for you to walk off with your shitty opinion. Like, go away with that. Oh, there's nothing to show. There's nothing going on. There's tons going on. Just open your eyes. I think it's so funny that it's like baseball might not be happening. Thank God. There's too much of it. I was going to say, it's like acting like the world is ending. I was like, we're talking about baseball, right? Like, this is not like... You talking about practice? (laughs) You talking about baseball? Like, this is not the most... And I'm not trying to like shade baseball fans or whatever. This is not one of the most exciting sports that we have on right now. It's not exciting till October. Yeah, like, I don't, I didn't understand. I'm like, what do you mean? The world is not over because baseball might not happen. I'm sorry, but. That's just- I hate to break it to you. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I couldn't believe it. I was like, the WNBA season literally starts on, like, March 6th or March 7th, whatever it is. And March, what am I saying? May 6th or May 7th, which is. You know, your springtime that you're so complaining about that baseball is not on. And what I don't understand even more about the tweet that was put out. Sportsnet literally signed a deal last season with the WNBA to broadcast games. So you already had that in your schedule, and now you have a chance to broadcast even more of them. Y'all. So I don't really see the problem here. Yeah. Anyways, I think that was enough unhinged content for today. We have to go to class. So thank you so much for hanging out with us. The Triple Threat Trio will be back next week. I say that as I'm about to start an overnight schedule where I might die. Anyways, um, bye. Bye.